Greetings and welcome to Stanford Cinema. As always, I am your host. Thank you very much for tuning in. And actually, thank you for tuning in to our first ever recap show. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, Stanford Cinema is now in the recap business. Our first show that we're going to be tackling all season long will be season two of the Apple Plus hit comedy series, Ted Lasso. First question you're probably wondering is, well, why are you doing a recap show? I don't know. I don't know. Um, boredom? Yeah, probably boredom. But also, uh, a lot of it goes back to the feedback that that we received from our previous Ted Lasso episode that we did way back in the fall. If you may recall, we tackled the the entire season in 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 one fell swoop. Right, uh, John was on, and we kind of just broke down the entire series, what we liked, and what was really cool is the the feedback that we received from from many of you. I. I, I can't stress enough just how cool that was. I mean, the show, or rather that particular episode has been one of our most successful podcast episodes to date, but even better, the the feedback that I've received from y'all is incredible. I mean, the amount of people that have come to me and say that they now watch Ted Lasso because of the, the podcast that John and I did. I mean, that's, that's freaking, freaking awesome. So thank you. Thank you for even listening and thank you for taking the time out to... Um, to let me know. But what is just an insane honor is the fact that something that 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 I said or John said inspired you to you know take a you know take take some interest in something new. And that's cool. And I'm really proud of that. So we want to keep this party started, right? So all season long, week to week or every other week, whatever it is, you know, all season long, we're going to be recapping each and every episode. And right now it's just me, but I'm totally open. If shit, if you're listening and you want to be on the show and you want to talk about what you saw, what you, what you thought of the episode, what you liked, what you didn't like, maybe some ideas, you know, uh, quotes, whatever it is, whatever it is, consider this an open invitation for you, but also don't worry John Rowe will be back at some point to to discuss season two. In fact, I'm pretty sure he already has an episode picked out that he wants to be chatting about. So don't you worry. There, there is more there is more John Rowe around the corner. Okay, so what do these recaps look like? Well, I have a little bit of structure, which which is nice, right? Uh, so every time we do one of these episodes, we'll we'll start off with tackling some headlines you know, whatever new current events that are going on regarding the show, then obviously we'll talk about the plot. And after that, we'll have some top five moments, any Easter eggs, references, inspirational quotes, other dialogue that I really enjoyed, uh, predictions for the for an upcoming episode, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So with all of that being said, let's do some headlines. Your first headline, Ted Lasso is a global phenomenon. So what does that mean? Well, simply put, season one of Ted Lasso was a monumental success. Not only was it the, the number one rated show for Apple Plus, but it also is a Golden Globe winner, which is freaking incredible. So shout out to Jason Sudeikis, who got Best, uh, Best Actor in a Comedy Series. You may recall back in, what was it, March? I think it was March when they did the, the Golden Globes. Um, there were a lot of uh, a lot of videos of of on the internet of Jason Sudeikis, like sitting in front of a computer on a zoom, like conference, just wearing like a yellow hoodie, uh, accepting his uh, golden globe. Of course, 
you know, people uh, were given giving him some shit thinking that maybe he was in, you know, uh, a bit of a rut because he and Olivia Wilde had just broken up and Olivia Wilde is now like apparently, apparently dating Harry Styles or whoever. But what it really came down to is the fact that it was like three in the morning when uh, when he found out, right? Because he's over in London shooting and they do the Golden Globes in California. So you have a bit of a, like a seven, eight hour time difference. So yeah, when he found out, it was like three in the morning. So he didn't want to, get dressed and get all fancy. He just threw on a hoodie and who cares? The point is he won and that is freaking awesome. So congratulations uh, to Jason Sudeikis. Congratulations to Ted Lasso as the show. That's awesome. But it doesn't stop there. Ted Lasso also just scored 20, 20, 20 Emmy nominations, which now makes it the most nominated freshman comedy series in all of television history. Like, so from like the beginning of time till now. So it's the most nominated freshman comedy series. Uh, the, the previous leader had 19 and that was the, the um, whatchamacallit, it was called Glee, Glee, Glee. Glee had like 19 nominations, but of course 20 is one more than the 19. So step aside Glee, because Ted Lasso is now the, the champion of being most nominated and shit, you gotta strike with that iron's hot, right? And so if you like swag, well, now there you can get your Ted Lasso official merchandise available on the, the WB store. And your 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 host, that would be me, um, may have already bought himself a AFC Richmond kit complete with lasso on the back with a double zero. I had thought maybe I might do a Roy Kent kit. You have to practice saying that Kent kit. Uh, I thought about getting a, a Kent kit with the well, uh, with the number six on the back, but I'm like, no, man, it's it's Ted Lasso. You got to go Ted Lasso. So I've got Lasso in the back and a double zero because you know he, he's not a player, so he's a coach, so he gets a double zero. Anyway, I'm going all over the place. When we did this episode back in the fall, I said, all I want is an AFC Richmond kit. Well, now I've got one. It's in the mail. And hopefully I will have a picture of that for you all to bask in my glory. Um, But there you go. Those are your headlines. So let's move on to the recap. Again, we're on season two. It was the premiere. It aired for the first time last Friday. So I'm a week behind, but that's okay. I'm going to get caught up. You know, we, it, it's a podcast. And although I want to be, I want to be timely, I'm not in a rush either. So we're going to, we're going to do episode one. And then the plan is either Monday or Wednesday of next week. I will have the recap for episode two of season two. So let's do the recap. Oh, maybe the first thing I should do before I do a recap of this episode is introduce those that are new to Ted Lasso by just kind of saying a little bit about what what happened last season. So here is a Reader's Digest condensed version of season one of Ted Lasso. So Ted Lasso is a story of a college football, an American college football coach uh, from Kansas, I believe Wichita. I think he's the coach of Wichita. Anyway, he is hired to become the coach of AFC Richmond, which is an English premiership football team. And obviously, English premiership is a little bit different than American football. So, yeah, you know, you're you're getting that fish out of water story. But uh, for those that also don't know, Ted Lasso isn't completely brand new. 
when NBC Sports took over the rights to air and um, English Premiership football back in 2013 or 2014, they had kind of uh, the, the original coach of Ted Lasso was launched over there. It was just kind of like this American buffoon uh, that that got a coach, uh, got a gig uh, coaching Tottenham. And it was just like a uh, like a five, 10 minute commercial. And then they had it the, the next season where he was back in the States because he had been fired after coaching Tottenham for like three days or whatever. And he he's back in the States, but that love for the game is still there. But anyway, so in the case of the show, it's the same kind of character, but they've now given them a little bit more heart. And anyway, I'm kind of rambling. I said it was a bit condensed, but I'm, I'm, I'm going on a myriad of different directions. So let's bring it all back again. Story of a American college football coach who gets hired by an English premiership team to help them survive. And what we find out behind the scenes is actually the ownership of AFC Richmond is going through a messy, messy divorce where the, the husband had cheated on the wife. And as a result of the, the, the divorce papers, the wife gets the team. And the only thing that the, the husband ever really gave a shit about was the football team. So she's angry at him. So she wants to make him suffer. So her and her grand plan is to bring down AFC Richmond. That's that's her her master plan is to just have them suck. So she hires a guy with no experience. Little does she know that Ted Lasso, although is lacking in football knowledge complete. You know, he doesn't understand the terminology. He doesn't understand the rules. Yeah, he doesn't understand any of that game. But what he does make up for is the fact that he's a people person. He's a motivator. He's a great communicator. And he's just freaking lovable, right? So she doesn't know that. So over the course of the season, this guy that has no idea what's going on. And, you know, she, like I said, she wants the team to fail. Over the course of the season, he... He, uh, he, he earns her affection and respect and everybody else, you know, the, the, the fans that uh, when he comes over they're you know, they're all chanting wanker. Uh, but by the end of the season, they, they all love Ted Lasso as well. But unfortunately in a cruel, cruel way of uh, irony, the team does end up performing very, very poorly and they get relegated, which for those that don't follow uh, football overseas relegation is where you're essentially demoted down a level in America. It'd be like if you were a major league baseball team getting sent down to the minors. And that's, that's what happens to AFC Richmond. Um, and so when you think about Rebecca, who's the, the, the team ownership, it's, you know, she in the end got what she originally wanted, which was her team to fail, but she has a wonderful redemption arc because her and Ted Lasso, they connect, you know, she, she confesses what her original plan was. He forgives her and it, it's all sweet and charming. Oh, what I should also mention is the, the owner of the team is you might recognize the actress as the shame nun uh, from game of Thrones. So she's on it, but that, that's just a small, small element of what makes the show great. And it is the rich characters that you're going to find, right? So you have Ted Lasso, you've got his assistant, Coach Beard, you've got their dressing room and, and kit um, manager, uh, Nate, and you've got 
Rebecca's assistant, and his name is Higgins. And then, of course, you've got all the different players on the team. Jamie Tart, Roy Kent, who's the, the aging captain of the team. He's once was a great player, but now he's at the end of his career. Jamie Tart is a young up-and-comer, but super, super arrogant um, dipshit. And, and then you've got uh, the, the social media marketing lady of the show and her name is Keely. And then you've got a great other assortment of other people in the show and they're all freaking awesome. And the whole show is basically just following them over the course of their season. And although this is a soccer plot an idea, it's really more of an office comedy, you know, so you don't even have to be a big fan of the game to find elements to appreciate for the show. And that's, and that's basically the office or rather. So that's basically Ted Lasso. Uh, you, you meet the coach, you know, and he wins over everybody's heart, but they they have kind of a, a bad news bears. They, they come up a little bit short and they get relegated. And not only that, but that aging captain that I just mentioned ago, a little while ago, Roy Kent, he injures himself on the final game. And that is the end of his career. And yeah, so it's, it's a bit of a downer, which is weird seeing that the show is such an upbeat comedy. Um what is so great about the show is the fact that it came out at the right, right time, right? It was introduced last year in 2020 in the prime of the pandemic, right? Everything was a bummer, but Ted Lasso comes around and just inspired people to smile again and have and have happiness. And we finally have a, had a protagonist that is just an all around good person and you root for him. And so when the finale happened and it ended on a little bit of a down note. It was sad, but that's okay. We now have season two and naturally everything's going to be so much better, right? Season two is just going to be perfect, right? Well, we shall see because that was your season one recap. Let's get into your season two episode one official recap of the Stamper Cinema recap special. So season two, episode one is called Goodbye Earl. Nice little Dixie Chicks reference right there. Uh, the episode was written by Jason Sudeikis, Bill Lawrence, and Brendan Hunt, directed by Declan Lowney. Now, Declan uh, had also directed a couple other episodes from Ted Lasso in season one. He did the, the famous Diamond Dogs episode, which everybody loves, and he also did uh, Make Rebecca Great Again. So a little behind the scenes, and all the same players that were in your first season are all returning once again. So that's good. You get to have a lot of uh, familiar faces. So what happens in the show? Well, let's start off. There are good news and bad news. The good news is while the team got relegated last year, you know, for underperforming and losing a lot. Well, now the team is undefeated in the first seven games of the new season. The bad news is they haven't won either. They are marred by a seven game consistent draw, like tying rut which if you watch the first season is, is just another level of cruel irony because uh, um, Ted Lasso hates the idea of, of ties because of the fact that, you know, American football, you know, ties are just kind of like a, a non-starter. Right. But in the final game of the season last year, he was begging for a tie because that's all the team needed. All they needed was a tie, but they ended up losing in the dying seconds but now what happens in this season, all they can get are tie, tie after tie after tie, seven, seven, seven straight uh, ties to start the season. But we, we start off the episode. It's the end of the game. The team is tied 2-2. And 
the star player for AFC Richmond, Danny Rojas, is tripped in the box and he's awarded a penalty. And so he takes the shot, but something, something super tragic happens in the dying moments of the game. The, the team's mascot, Earl, the Greyhound, you know, the, the team's resident good boy, um, he spots a bird and he gets off his uh, leash and he charges at the bird, leap, uh, jumps and leaps right as Danny Rojas is kicking the ball. And what did you know? Danny Rojas kicks and kills the Greyhound Earl, which again, keeping up, keeping up with the sadness. Um, so that's that's how the, the how the show starts. Naturally, Danny is taking the murdering of an innocent dog rather hard. You know, obviously that's really tra- tragic because he's the show's like all around happy. He's like the resident, like smiling guy. And as a result of, of, of murdering a dog, he now has developed a case of the yips, which by the way, if, if you did watch this episode and you never heard of the yips, it's a real thing, you know, do yourself a favor, Google Chuck Knobloch yips. That's a classic example. Uh, it's basically when an athlete has psychological limitations on doing just normal fundamental things. So in the case of Chuck Knobloch, throwing a baseball to first base, or in the case of some pitchers that have had it as well, they can't throw the ball over the plate to save them life. They'll throw it anywhere other than over the plate. You know, like a professional basketball player that can do incredible things, but they're at the free throw line and they can't hit the net to save their lives, right? So Danny Rojas develops the yips. And the team essentially decides to hire a sports therapist, which is something Ted is rather apprehensive about. We learned that it's not just about like jealousy because, you know, Ted obviously is the one that always wants to inspire everybody else. So somebody else coming in doing the same thing kind of is an element of like emasculation for him. But no, what we learn is that when Ted was going through a divorce with, with his own wife, he went to, or as what they were dealing with their marital troubles, they they went to a, a couples therapist and, and Ted felt essentially that he was set up to fail and, and betrayed. So, you know, he felt under attack as a result. So he's never really been super trusting uh, of therapists, but in the case of this sports therapist, she comes in and uh, she's she's a bit of a bore. She's a bit of a downer, but she's freaking brilliant at her job. And she's able to cure Danny, uh, Danny Rojas like almost instantly. And as a result of that, all the players on the team, they now all want to see uh, the sports therapist, which now Ted is going to feel a little bit even more uneasy about. So that almost feels to me like that is a a potential antagonist that could go on all season for, uh, for, for Ted Lasso. So we'll see, we'll see what else happens in this episode. Um, Well, you know, we're reintroduced to all of our favorite characters, Rebecca, who, you know, she was divorced last year and, and sad and dealing with, with all that. She's back on the dating scene and Keely is helping her, you know, come with uh, different dating advice and, you know, websites and things like that to, to be on, but they, they find a guy and Rebecca asks if Keely and Roy would go on a double date. And speaking of Roy, well, he unfortunately did retire, so he's no longer playing, but he's not out of the game entirely. He now coaches a girl's uh, youth, like an under nine team. Uh, He's still using all of his colorful language like calling girls little pricks, which 
is freaking hysterical in the scene. You just have to trust me on that. He's also part of a yoga moms group. And now Keely wants him to join Sky Sports because apparently Sky Sports had reached out to him and have offered him as a, a pundit gig. But Roy right now is very much against it. He doesn't want to get into the punditry gig at all. So he, he's happy coaching his girls and hanging out with his uh, his yoga moms. Anyway, Roy, Keely, Rebecca, and her new boyfriend, they go for their double date. And everyone's seemingly having a good time. Rebecca's guy, I mean, he's kind of nice, but, you know, he's a bit of a name dropper. Kind of a douche. Although everything is going good, he makes not one, not two, but three major sports faux pas. When Roy asks him, well, who's your favorite team? The dude says, like, like not even says, like, he completely like flip-flops. Like, well, I like City and I like United, but, you know, I tend to lean on whoever's playing better. Which, like, first off, that's no, you, you find a team and stick with it. Secondly, like you want to make somebody not like you, then be a fan of Manchester city or Manchester United. Both of those are easy teams to freaking hate. Oh, uh, so that it makes you, you know, extremely unlikable right there. Yeah. So you have all, all that shit going on, but in the end, dinner aside, Rebecca, dumps the guy before the episode you know is over part you know she she has a little revelation during a date but also something that that roy says to her really like you know strikes a chord to her and lastly jamie tart you may remember from the first season well the episode closes out with him in some sort of like celebrity big brother slash like fuckboy island hybrid reality show because you know of course jamie would be on something like that and that's basically the the recap to the show you know you find out what the what the players are doing the team is still struggling an antagonist for ted comes into the team in the way of a therapist so obviously you've got that going on rebecca is now back on the dating scene and then roy kent is being pressured to get into the punditry gig, right? So that's that's basically what's going on, right? But I guess the first thing I really want to tackle is the dead dog scene. I mean, I'm not gonna lie, like you you want to lose me, then kill an animal. I mean, that's like the the like rule number one: how to lose Andrew uh, in an audience kill an animal and they did it in like the first couple minutes of this of this episode now like most circumstances i'd, I'd be completely done be done but this is ted lasso and the show does things in a certain way that are like all right i can go for this ride now maybe it was a tone of the scene that it was still kind of comical or there was an element of corniness or going on but i really think it was probably like the immediate following scene when ted lasso is in his, uh, his press conference. And once again, Trent Krim of the independent shows up, bringing Ted the heat, you know, uh, asking, you know, about the, about the loss of the, the Greyhound. And Ted goes into this really, really like emotional monologue about a dog that he knew when he was younger. And like, I think he was like three and, and the dog bit him, you know, which caused Ted to be afraid of dogs. But then over the course of time, he befriended that dog because the owner of the dog uh, was going through the death of his spouse and the dog was being kind of like neglected. So Ted befriended this dog. And a couple of years later, the, the owner of the dog had to go into a home. And so they asked Ted if he'd take over the dog and Ted did. Ted took over the dog. And then the next year, the dog himself was too old and they had to put the dog down. And 
it was just really, really emotional. J Jason Sudeikis handles the scene just beautifully, beautiful. It, it, it was great. But then Ted delivers your, your classic Ted Lasso line where he says, and, and I'm, I'm not going to have the, the same type of dramatic effect, but he says, it's funny thinking about the things in your life that make you cry, just knowing that they existed and can then become the same thing that make you cry now, knowing that they're gone. I think those things come into our lives to help us get from one place to a better one. And like, that's, that's just, just so good. And again, just uh, Jason Sudeikis delivers it just beautifully. And that, that I'm going to put that like my top five favorite moment. In fact, that's probably my favorite moment from the show. So um, I guess it's a perfect way to switch gears into the top five moments. Number one, what I just discussed right there. Number two, a little line from Roy Kent himself. Roy Kent just telling it like it is. Um, I was talking about the double date scene earlier, and, and Roy Kent had said something to Rebecca, and this is what he says in regards to whether or not, you know, what, what did he think of the guy? He's fine. That's it. There's nothing wrong with that. Most people are fine, but it's not about him. It's about why the fuck you think he deserves you. You deserve somebody that makes you feel like you've been struck by fucking lightning. Don't you dare settle for fine. It's like, ooh, just... Awesome. I love that. I love that line. Um, my third favorite moment. Anytime somebody rips on the jets, I'm a big fan of that. Uh, and uh, so they're paint that scene. They're in the, they're in Ted Lasso's office and Nate ref, uh, refers to the phrase unlucky in the term of like the team, you know, the team obviously isn't performing while they're not winning. And Nate says they're unlucky. And that makes Ted Lasso kind of snicker. And he says, unlucky. Yeah, man, I love the way y'all use that phrase over here. Back home, if the team was playing poorly, we don't call them unlucky. What do we call them, coach? And then coach says, the New York Jets. And Ted goes, there it is. You know, like, the, it, it's just such a good little, like, zinger. But just one of my favorite relationships on the show is between Ted and coach, obviously. I mean, they're, the, they're two of the three writers for this show, and they're two of the three co-creators of the show. But... They throw each other like little alley oops, like in each episode where Ted will say something, you know, and he gives it to coach for like the punchline. And then, you know, coach uh, gives the punchline and then uh, Ted has like the little like follow up. It's just good. Just great rhythmic uh, comedy. It's just, it's perfect. I love it. So that was like my third favorite. My uh, fourth favorite, Roy Kent coaching the girls team. It's, I mean, that's about as perfect as anything you'll ever see on television. Just embarking orders at eight and nine-year-old girls and, and those eight, nine-year-old girls, like totally being into it and just like, yep, they're, that's, that's it. Mm -hmm. Let's go. Um, and my fifth, I think my fifth favorite moment was, I think I'm just going to call this one like the Stanford cinema, Stanford cinema is the life moment of the week. And this time we're in Rebecca's office and Higgins is going to excuse himself. And he says that he's off to watch the empire strikes back with his kid. And if you listen to this podcast, you know that we just covered the empire strikes back, which, yay, you know, like I said, Stanford cinema is life. But what, what I also love is Ted Lasso says to Higgins, may the force be with you. And then Higgins replies and also with you, which you know, and then Ted does like the, the sign of the cross, which, you know, perfect little Catholic joke. And I'm not going to lie to you. Every time I ever hear me, the force be with you, I always in my head say, and also with you, do you do that? Does anybody else do that? I don't know. I don't know, but I do. Um, so yeah, those are my top five favorite moments. And a couple of those are my, like my favorite quotes from the episode. There were a few other quotes that I liked. 
uh, one of the players, a new player that we're being that we were introduced to, a Dutch player, his name is Jan Moss. And the line in the episode is Jan Moss isn't being rude. He's just being Dutch. Second quote comes from Danny Rojas, who is famed for saying football is life. In this episode, he says, even though football is life, football is also death. And that football is football too, but mostly football is life. Um, so I love that. And lastly, you can't call eight-year-olds little pricks, even when they're being little pricks. So there you go. That's that's uh, your recap. Overall, I think the episode was really good. I give it, if I were to grade it, I'd give it a, a strong B plus to maybe A minus. I think the show's off to a great start. So I guess what we're going to do is coming, uh, I'm going to transition into my thoughts on what is going to happen and for the next episode slash this season, and then just overall general thoughts. And we're going to wrap this puppy on up because I think I've been yapping on for, I don't know. I I have no idea how long I've been talking, maybe half hour. Shit. I don't know. This has gone on almost as long as the episode. I apologize. I didn't really think it would ever be going on that long. Anyway, um, as stated, I think the show's off to a great start. I don't think we're going to see a sophomore slump with Ted Lasso, which is good. Um, I mean, the shit, the, the show has already picked up for a third season, but I mean, this show, this episode in particular, there was a lot to enjoy. You know, you had Ted's life monologue where he talked about the dog. I love that. Um, I mean, and then Roy Kent, uh, his little monologue was freaking great. And, and all the Roy Kent I can get is just perfect. And the fact there's now a, a, like a new Dutch character on the show, I think that's awesome if they can lean into uh, uh, making jokes about just the way that Dutch people behave. I'm all for that. Uh, the Dutch are weird, and uh, especially those that come from Dutch ancestry. So, yeah, uh, like your like your uh, like your host, for example. Uh, anyway, uh, so what do I think? What do I think is going to happen? Well, I've got a, a few ideas. I think I think which I alluded to earlier. I think we now have a potential antagonist for this season for Ted Lasso being the doc or doctor. I'm sorry, doctor. She prefers doctor. Um, Roy will inevitably become a pundit pundit this season for sky, but hopefully I get a few more coaching scenes. Richmond is going to battle, I think all season, but I think they're going to get hot. And I think in the end, when this season ends, they get promoted back to the premiership. Rebecca is going to date more. I think Ted is going to date more. You know, I will, I mean, is it possible that they date each other? I guess it's possible. I mean, shit. I mean, it wouldn't be the first time, right? I mean, their their television comedies are are notorious for office relationships, right? I mean, whether it was Sam and Diane on Cheers or Joe and Helen on Wings or shit, everybody from The Office, right? I mean, just about everybody dated on that show. So it, it could be, it could happen. I don't know if they've earned it yet, but I definitely think there could be a scenario where where Ted Lasso and Rebecca do date, but hopefully, hopefully, I, at least right now, like I said, they haven't earned it, and I, and I hope they don't go that route. Oh, so I mentioned Nate earlier. I think he's going to have like a little self-reflection moment with like the new, because Nate was promoted, but like the new dressing room and, and kit manager, uh, who's like this young kid, Will, I think they're going to have a moment or Nate's going to have some type of like self-reflection moment with that new dressing room kid. Um, so you're going to have that. And then Jamie Tart, he's, yeah, I think he's still going to continue to be a twat, right? Um, he's just, just such a little douchebag and, but I love him. I love that he's on the show and I think you're, you're going to get a lot more of that, but those are my thoughts. What are your thoughts? What, what, what do you want to see next? What are your predictions? 
hit me up on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or, or as stated earlier, you know, we've got a new YouTube page. Just seek out Stamper Cinema. Let me know what your thoughts are. Please subscribe to any of those rate, like review, all that shit, you know? And if you have any ideas on how these recaps can be better, please let me know. This is the first one and it's really, really rough around the edges. I hope they'll be better. I can't guarantee it, but that's the intention. So, you know, any type of constructive criticism, you're not going to hurt my, well, you might hurt my feelings, but try not to hurt my feelings, but you can be honest, be, be constructive and critical in a, in a nice, not hurtful way. I've got, you know, a very sensitive ego. Anyway, I'm going to, I'll shut up right now. That's all I got. We'll see you next time before the second episode of Ted Lasso on the Stamper Cinema recap show. Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you next time.